Welcome to the We Go Boldly podcast. I'm Riley Karsh. And I'm Tova Kopan. And we're so excited to have you with us on this journey. We are inviting you to the forefront of your own life. We are pushing you to examine your own unique feminine mythology and release the anchors of unreasonable expectations. Tune in as we discuss everything from culture and relationships to careers and advocacy. Let's be bold and brave together. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Go Boldly, the podcast. We are, as always, so excited to have everyone with us today. We are even more excited because this is our second official interview on the podcast. And um, I don't know, that's just super exciting to me. I love interviews. I love the season. I love what we're talking about. It's fun and interesting and deep and, you know, all the things. So We're excited to be here, and as always, I am thrilled to welcome my co-host, my friend, my partner in business, and all the things. Tova, how are you today? What's happening with you? How's life? I am good. I'm excited to be here. I am in a snow globe of sorts. It's snowing. I don't know why. It's not supposed to start snowing yet. The storm (laughs) is... (laughs) You're controlling the weather these days? Well... (laughs) You know, I thought it wasn't going to snow until tonight, and I woke up, and there's snow everywhere, and just keeps snowing, and I looked at the weather app, and it's like, it might snow now, but, like, they're like, there's a storm tonight, I'm, whatever, I don't know, I want a job that I, like, don't have to know what's happening ever, Um, I think that would be fun, (laughs) so. (laughs) What's that job? I want that job, I don't know, well, we're podcasters, I guess we're like, (laughs) We kind of have that job anyway. Okay, all right, that's fair, that's fair. I would say this is one of my favorite people that I've never actually met mm-hmm. um, because I am so inspired by this person um, and I just I just can't wait to share her with all of you. And I just want to um, break in for a second because I'm like third person inspired by by this person because <laughs> I've heard like third hand person information and I'm super excited as well. But anyway, I'm sorry. I just interrupted. And I'm going to let you go. Um, you know, <laughs> a lot, a lot of bad things can be said about social media, and I will be first in line sometimes to say them. But I have also experienced, on more than one occasion, the wonderful things that can be experienced by the groups that you can join, and the way it can expand both your your world and the people that you meet, and the connections that you can make, and. And this person is someone that I've met and I've gotten to not unfortunately meet them in the real world, but that will happen eventually when we start meeting people again in the real world more often. Um, And so we are thrilled to welcome Boonmi and Minajo to the show today. Um, And we are diving deep with her into faith and transformation. So before we dive right in though, I should tell you a little bit about her. Um, She is an ethics attorney with a science background. She has a career that spans 18 years between the legal and biotechnology world, Um, diverse experience in public policy work in emerging emerging sciences, such as nanotechnology and synthetic biology at the Woodrow Wilson International Center for Scholars, ethics law at the Food and Drug Administration, and most recently, she served as legal counsel in the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy. And I have to say, that's not even the most exciting 
part about her. So then um, she is a mother to three Nigerian American children. She founded the Atlas Book Club, which is uh, something that we have been excited to welcome into our home, which is a book subscription box company focused on globally diverse children's books. Um, and it has been a goal of hers and as part of her effort with this um, and as part of her effort with her own children to remain connected with their her African heritage and to continue to develop global awareness by exploring the world through literature. And like I said, we have been blessed to be able to welcome books from around the world into our home, own home through this um, subscription box company. Um, we are just so excited and so lucky to have Boonmi here with us. And so I don't want to talk about her anymore. I want to talk to her. So <laughs> yes. Yes, hello, yes. Boonmi. Welcome. How are you? Hi, Tova and Riley. I am doing well. Uh, thank you for having me. I, I am so excited to be talking to you both and to have this conversation today. Well, thank you. We are happy to have you here. And because um, I, you know, I'm reading your your bio and I'm thinking, okay, I want to ask you about that. I want to just start 18 years and be like, okay, let's start. Not forget 18 years. Let's start like, okay, you were born here. Let's start there. <laughs> yeah, <And> exactly. <laughs> I know that that is not possible in the interest of time. All of our time, we can't be like, we're going to have an eight hour podcast today, guys. Buckle right, this up. This is like an entire season that we're going to go through. <laughs> yes, yes. That's right. Um, a deep dive of boon me. Um, but so we're just going to like dive right in because if anybody knows you and if they're lucky enough to be your friend, whether in, in the real world or the I don't want to say the fake world of social media because it's very real to me and important to us, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So if they're lucky to to be your friend in social media, they know that um, you are a, a spiritual person and being authentic is important to you. So I want to just ask you right off the top, what does living your best life look like to you? Mm. What does living my best life look like to me? So that has changed. I mean, obviously, because we grow and we get older and hopefully wiser. So that changes. But I would say in the past two years, I have zoned in on what that is. And for me, that is freedom. That every single thing I do, I have that at the back of my mind. That is this thing allowing me complete freedom to be my most authentic, fullest self. And so that's what that means. You know, living my best lives means free from anything that may be holding me back physically, whether it's a person, people, things, or feelings, free from feelings that because feelings take up space, right? And so free from feelings such as resentment or bitterness or anger. I mean, don't get me wrong. I am no, you know, St. Teresa. It's <laughs> good know? to know. It's good to know. And we don't want to be alone. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I am not. Um, but I do try very hard to intentionally release when I feel those feelings are holding me captive. And so that's what living my best life is, being completely free, physically, emotionally, spiritually, to just 
do what I want to do and to live a life that helps me feel fulfilled and and just and happy just feels like the wrong word because to me being free is actually more important than being happy and so um yeah that's that's what that means to me and and where do you think the the sort of understanding or the drive or or that sort of where do you think that urge came from for you where did that that's a very mature sort of understanding right and not everybody has that where do you think that came from for you is that something you've always felt or did you grow into that I definitely grew into it to some extent and I it's been an evolution over the past I'm 43 2022 I I always have to do it too I always have to I'm 43 too and I can never remember Um, no, I'll, my birthday is next month, so I'll be 44 next month. And But it's been an evolution. But I do have to say that uh, I moved to this country when I was 16, right? Mm-hmm. And I was pretty much on my own. My parents were back in Nigeria. My older brother, my older brother is 19, and we moved here together. And he, shortly after we moved here, he joined the Marines. And so, and I, we lived with um, an older relative who's, probably the most important person in my life as it pertains to uh, my maturity and my growth here in the U.S. Um, So, but it was an uncle that we call everybody uncle, but who was uh, my mom's like third cousin who we had, I had never met, but he took us in and we lived with him for a few years. So I say that to say living, leaving your parents at such a young age forces you to grow up and mature quickly. And so um, at that age, I was able, and I I was very shy and introverted. (laughs) And, you know, a lot of people go like, huh, really? Yes, I was. (laughs) And so, um, you know, I was definitely very introspective at a younger age. And I think I learned very quickly um, what felt good and what didn't. You know, and so as I was, you know, going through life and, and, you know, figuring things out, it was, oh, that feels good. I want to do more of that. That makes me feel good. That yields good, positive results and good energy. I've always been that person that was more um, uh, drawn to a certain type of energy and quickly rejected energy that just didn't feel right with my spirit. So I think that part came naturally. And so, you know, so I've always kind of had it in me. However, um, you know, I watched a lot of Oprah, right? Because, <laughs> yep. well, funny story. I'm going to pay attention to that because I, I, I have all these stories that I end up telling. Funny story. So back home in Nigeria, uh, we had a small TV, black and white TV. It's probably the size of this laptop. And the Oprah Winfrey show used to come on at 1 a.m., you know, in Nigeria. And our living room was right next to my parents' bedroom. So I would wake up, this is when I was like 14. I would wake up and sneak to watch Oprah and I would turn the volume all the way down and be sitting like this close to the TV. <laughs> Just trying so to hear. <laughs> yep. my parents. Uh, and sometimes I'll have my brother hold, my younger brother hold the antenna mm-hmm. <laughs> to make sure it stayed clear. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, I was watching Oprah Winfrey show from the beginning. So when I moved here and I 
of course, Oprah Winfrey show was showing here, that was one of the few things that I held on to that felt familiar. And that was the one thing I could continue to do. And so at that age, it was like Oprah Winfrey show every day, 4 p.m. I had my little VCR and I taped it. And I seriously watched every single Oprah Winfrey show there is. And so being that age and watching the Oprah Winfrey show, you know, it, it kind of provided that foundation for all this talk about vulnerability and authenticity, yep. Yep. but I didn't know what it was called. You know, I just knew it felt a certain way and it felt good and it made me feel true to myself. And so um, I would say going from there and then I call it, I graduated <laughs> Oprah and I started reading more about Pima Children, some of Pima Children's work, uh, Brene Brown, of course. Sure. Um, and so I started reading and, and learning and I think I just kind of, I just gravitated towards that. But I think something happens when you turn 40, you know, <laughs> something happens when you turn 40. <laughs> Lots of things happen when you turn 40. Lots of things happen when you turn 40. Yes, yes, sorry. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I think that was when I fully, probably like when I was like 38, fully embraced this and became unapologetic about mm -hmm. it. You know, uh, and I think that's when that that switch happened versus, you know, prior to that, I kind of knew when I was kind of doing it, but I wasn't as intentional. And so probably like around 38, I became more intentional. And now I am I am drilled in like very intentional about that. So mm. does that make sense? That evolution? Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay. It does. And, you know, I, I, I haven't thought about Oprah in that context but i mean i i watched her as well and there's a whole generation of women who watched her when we were in our teens and did watch her talk about things and, and watched her be authentic and watched her struggle with her own personal authenticity and figure out on national television how to be authentic i mean we got to, right we got to yes. watch her figure it out and we got to watch her figure out how to be vulnerable and then how to help other people and i've never thought about it and riley you and i have never talked about her no in we that haven't. we have in that sense but yeah it was our own sort of it, it was a whole generation of personal development sort of played out on television in a way that we never really were aware of, I guess, as you know, we're all of the same generation as teenagers going through that sort of experience. And it's, um, I hadn't thought about it as well. So it's very, it's a really interesting concept to, to be aware of. And my mom was that way too. So, you know, I, I the way I describe it uh, is like my mom planted the seeds, mm -hmm. you know, because I saw my mom live her life in that way. And yeah. then I feel like watching Oprah kind of nurtured it, like yep. watered the, the seeds. And you're right. We saw her, be, she modeled all these things for us, vulnerability, authenticity. She really did. And there are so many Oprah moments that really were that, firmly planted into my psyche. There's one I'll never forget where um, she had an, she interviewed Serena Williams. And I remember Serena Williams was giving her a pedicure. <laughs> and they were talking about Serena Williams dating. And Oprah said this, and she said, um, 
let your cup fill your cup until it's overflowing be so full of yourself that it spills over from that you can give to someone else i will never forget that i can't remember how old i was then but it was definitely like what at least 15 16 years ago and so though there are a lot of moments like that um in the oprah winfrey show that really uh grounded me in who i ended up growing up to be so well so you you mentioned your mom um did you grow up with a i mean a sense of faith is that something that you've had your whole life absolutely yeah yeah so we grew up catholic uh my my grandparents are actually muslim so my grandparents are muslim and then my mom converted uh to uh catholicism probably in her 20s and so yeah we grew up catholic we went to a catholic school back in nigeria we went to mass every day <laughs> you know except on saturdays and so faith was very much a big part of our lives growing up. Um, but then when you live home, so I left home at that age and faith became even more important. Now I was now in charge of developing my own faith, right? And nurturing it. And so that was an interesting journey, you know, I think at that age, you're like, oh, well, mass, what's that? I'm not going to mass. Yeah. I don't have to. Yeah. That must <laughs> have been nobody an, to make me go to mass now. Right. That must have been such an interesting pivot point for you and your personal journey of faith and, and really like part of your transformation um, as you were growing. Because, yeah, you're 16 and you're on your own and you're kind of like, I'm I'm free. I'm free in a, in a way. I mean, obviously, there are a lot of other factors coming into play there, and and I'm yeah. sure a lot of fear. But you know, that is also like the time in life where you're kind of like, woohoo! I'm going to do what I want. So, how did that feel for you in your personal faith journey, and how does that play out now for you? I haven't really thought about this in a while. Um, how did that? I think because I'm very much a rule follower and I was a good girl, okay. you know, yep. <laughs> growing up, which, you know, it has its own uh, disadvantages. Yes. Um, yes. But I was, you know, I probably felt guilted into going like, oh, what would my parents think of me? <laughs> sure. All the way back in Nigeria, they have sacrificed <laughs> so much for you to go to America. You can go to a one hour mass service. And so, you know, I did that uh, for a while, but I, I'll, I'll say I probably didn't feel deeply connected to my faith until law school. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was definitely a moment, something happened that really like transformed my spiritual life. And um, well, prior to that, I was kind of, you know, just chugging along, you know, and I prayed and believed and, you know, but that intentional grounding in faith didn't happen until law school. And, um, but there are certain things that happen that is just undeniable that there's a greater power here, you know, and you go like, oh, yeah, you know, that's, thank God for that. Because even, you know, my friends and I talk about, and I have friends that, you know, I met at 17 and we're still 
close now. We, we all started working at McDonald's together. Um, and we talk about it is like, you know, but for the grace of God, we were young, we were 16, 17, you know, like anything can have happened. And even yeah. just thinking at 17, walking from the apartment where I was staying to McDonald's, I had to be at McDonald's and open the shift at like 6 a.m. in the dead of winter and I'm passing underneath a bridge. I'm 16, I'm a girl, it's unfortunate, but that's the reality. Right. Anything could have happened. And that, I walked that, I can't even remember, I should drive it and see how many miles it is. I walked that so often and, and you know, but for the grace of God, I arrived there safely and came home safely. And so, you know, when I think back now, it, a lot of stuff could happen. Can you imagine 17 on your own in America? Like where <laughs> everything is like, yeah. you know, everything, you have access to everything and anything, it could have been really bad. Um, so thank God it wasn't. Yeah, um, I think we need to take a quick break okay. or we're just gonna keep going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. So I was we'll, be, <laughs> we'll be right back. Both Riley and I are lucky to have worked with incredible coaches throughout our lives. We knew that we wanted more meaning out of our lives, but we weren't sure where to start. Our coaches made all the difference. They gave us direction and support when we needed it most. Now, we are fortunate enough to be coaches ourselves, and we are excited to pay it forward. We can help you uncover your purpose and live your limitless life. If you would like to work with us, check out our services at www.goboldlyinitiative.com. We can't wait to talk to you. Now, back to the show. Um, so you said that there was a kind of a moment in law school. Um, I don't know if you want to, to expound on that, if you feel comfortable, but, and you don't certainly don't have to, but I guess I'm wondering now, um, your, your past law school and, and you have built this, um, wonderful life and new children, like how, how do you incorporate faith into your life? Um, because you have had many different, you know, sort of iterations in faith throughout your life from going to mass every single day, except Saturday, to only going to mass as sort of guilt for your parents. So how are, how are you incorporating faith into your life now? Yeah, um, I, I'm, I am comfortable talking about it because I think for me as a Christian, it's important for me to shout from the mountaintops how God has been so good to me. And so, you know, I am more than happy to share and I'll try to, you know, take the short version. So first year of law school, first week, um, I had no money. Uh, I had moved uh, to Pennsylvania to go to law school. Um, and because just of the timing of things, my loans didn't come through. I had, cause I took a year off between uh, graduating and, and going to law school and I had worked and saved up some money, but I spent it all to get an apartment and pay enough to get me to class of my tuition to get me to class. And I remember going to the bookstore I've told the story before, I think, in just one other podcast. Um, I remember going to the bookstore uh, to get, I had my list of books, very naive. I mean, you know, I was naive a lot of times. <laughs> and, you know, I, and I think I had 150 
maybe $200 in my bank account. And I remember my mom had written me a check for $50 to keep for emergencies. And um, I took my list and got all the books and I went to pay and it rung up to like almost $500. And I was like, oh, I don't have any money for this. <laughs> what am I gonna do? And so I told, his name is Marvin uh, and he was the bookstore manager. And I later found out that he was a pastor. And um, and he's he rung me up. He's like, okay, I'm gonna give you my employee discount, and you know, and you can pay that. And he put in his employee discount, and I think it brought it down to like maybe four hundred dollars. I just I still don't have this. And I said, okay, here's what I'm gonna do. I am going to just buy the books that I have the class like the next day. Um, with my hundred and fifty dollars, I'm just gonna buy a couple of books, and I'll come back for the rest. And he just said, no, that you're, how are you going to do that? You're not going to make it, you know, that you need all your books so you can start preparing. And, um, and he was like, let's do this. How about you actually, and prior to him give, offering, when he offered me the discount, I had said, oh no, I can, I can't let you do that. You know how mm, to do it. Right. Oh, no, of course. Yeah. I can't let you do that. Um, and he's like, no, it's fine. So he offered me the discount. I still couldn't afford it. And I was like, oh, I have this check for $50 from my mom. I'm going to add it to this one <laughs> because, you know, she said for emergency, he said, well, but this is not an emergency. Save that $50. This is not an emergency. It's like, here's what we're going to do. You can um, give me what you have and you can have all your books and don't worry about it. And I was, again, oh, I can let you do that. Oh, no. I can't. And he said, oh. Trying to cry. I will never forget. <clears throat> this was 2002. And he said, God is speaking to me. And he he's telling me that you're going to do something important in your life. And I just want to be a part of your story. Hmm. And <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and yeah, and he was like, I just want to be a part of your story. And Sure enough, I gave him the hundred and something dollars that I had and I went into my car and I sobbed. Mm. I was because all the stress and everything building. Um, and yeah, and that was the moment that it, like it was so crystal clear. That was the moment when things shifted and he ended up giving me a job at the bookstore <laughs> where I worked, you know, during law school. And what do you do? It, it, nothing. You literally just sit there and study. Right. And um, yeah. And he gave me this job at the bookstore where I work part time and I will never forget him. I don't know his last name. I can't remember. I haven't seen him since that first year of law school, but yeah. What a beautiful story and a beautiful experience to be able to carry in your heart and in your soul forward that you have been able to touch that gentleman and that he in turn was able to reach back to you and then you know who knows who else you're touching right now by sharing you know, that that experience happened in your life and that, you know, regardless of whatever your religious affiliation or your understanding of faith or where you are in your faith journey, that there are these synchronicities that happen in the world and these connections and these interconnected moments between people and that we are all a part of something bigger and that 
there is a purpose and that that purpose is something deeper than just to exist, right? That we are all here in some level of love and connection. And that is such a beautiful thing to be able to to share. And I appreciate you being willing to share that with us. And I know that um, we're all choked up just and nobody can see us, but we're all choked up. So I'm giving us a moment to be choked up and to um, to experience that and to let that feeling, you know, to sit with that feeling and to have that in our hearts because it's important to allow that and to feel that. And that's wonderful. Um, and I really do appreciate that. And, and I want you to, to hear that from my heart to yours. And I know Tova does as well. Um, I speak for her too often. I'm sorry, Tova. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but I can feel her energy, so I know that she appreciates it. Um, but that's so beautiful that 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 brought you a sense of your connection and your purpose, and that that the universe or God or or however you see it loves you and knows you're here to do important things. And you are, you know, I was about to say God knows um, you are. <laughs> obviously here to do such important things based on the you know you and I uh before this podcast had never met and I had heard so much about you already so you're obviously spreading important and wonderful things through the world um through everything you do so what a wonderful wonderful gift that you are giving all of us by your presence so that's such a such a great thing um but I do, I'm sorry, I have more questions for you. So <laughs> I know uh, we have limited time with you, but I want to ask you a little bit about transformation, which that was such a, like, obviously such a transformative moment for you in your life. And uh, my questions for you seem so small and petty now, <laughs> because that was such a big, a big thing. Um, but I think uh, you know, people have this misconception about transformation that it does have to be these huge moments in our life where everything is like one minute you're, you know, one thing and the next minute you're something else entirely, right? Like it's just this, I'm, I'm using my hands, everyone. I'm sorry, you can't see me. That, you know, one minute you're one thing and the next minute you're something else entirely. But that's not necessarily what transformation looks like, right? Sometimes it's, um, you know, a slow rolling experience mm. over time. Do you... Um, do you feel like that's that's something that's happened in your your life? Have you sort of experienced that? Do you have that? Um, do you have any advice? I feel like the answer is yes to that, so I'm just going to move on to the second part of that question. Do you do you have advice for people out there who have have that happening in their life? How to manage it? How to deal with it? Kind of what what advice do you have for people who are going through periods of transformation to sort of manage their feelings through it? Yeah. No, that's a really good question because, um, and I love the fact that you talked about transformation is not necessarily this big transformation. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it can be very subtle and, and uh, slowly incremental. And what I will say and what I have found has served me well is just being very present and just whatever it is, just being present in the moment to moment as it's happening, right? Which is really hard, especially when the moment you're in doesn't feel very good, right? And so making sure that you are just aware and have aware and, and 
ensuring that your whole sense is feeling through that transformative process. And so I know that sounds all, you know, very abstract and not, you know, but just to give you an example, um, the end of 2021, I just told myself I was going to read for me. I read a lot for Actors Book Club and I just felt that, okay, I want to read for me. And so there were a few books that I picked up. Some of Atomic Habits was one. The Big Leap is another one. Um, and so I read a few books like that. And because I'm an overachiever, <laughs> I like when something is interesting to me, I go deep. And, and so I was like, oh my God. So I just went really, really deep into some like personal self work and that was hard, you know? And so there's no big transformative, you can't see me physically look any different from I did in December and January. But I was telling a friend a couple of days, I was like, Boomy, December 2021 is a totally different person internally from Boomy in January 2021. And so it was hard. It was, and hard, I, I mean, kind of like walking through molasses hard. Like it's like peeling layers and reading and, and um, not for the, per I, I wanna clarify one thing. So there's this notion that we constantly have to be doing self-improvement work, right? Like there's something wrong with you, so you have to improve. <laughs> yeah. That's not what this is, you know, this is, recognizing and getting to know yourself deeply, getting to know who you are to the very core. And when, and it's a never ending process. When you do that work, that work is hard because it involves holding up a mirror and, and, and acknowledging the parts of you that you either hide or you're not so proud of. But when you know yourself that deeply, you're able to move forward and make decisions and act in a manner that serves you better. So that's the work I'm talking, not improving myself because there's something wrong with me, uh, but that kind of work is just, re it's, it's hard and, you know, so I went through that thing and then I, I had to snap out of it like, whoo, okay, like, let me go listen to some like rap music because <laughs> <laughs> listen to some hip hop because I right. think I've had enough. Again, recognizing you know when okay, it's time for me to like shift gears or uh, you know have um, some give myself so something different, not necessarily something good or better, or, but just something different and shift the energy. But anyway, I say all of that to say you know that transformative process can be hard. It can be. It can be tricky, it can be uncomfortable, but sometimes you just have to sit in it, you know, and just don't be so quick to run away from the discomfort, you know, because when, when you start really, and by discomfort, I, I know the lawyer in me is like putting all these disclaimers, but by discomfort, I don't mean like physical pain or emotional, like you're depressed or you know anxiety that's not what i'm saying i'm saying you know if somebody says something to you or if um 
something happens. Well, why are you interpreting what, what they say in that way? Why are you creating the story in your head that's not grounded in fact? And sit in that discomfort and figure that that's the kind of discomfort I'm talking about. So anyway, so if you're going through a transformative process, even if it's something that's uh, not necessarily feeling based, but maybe you're uh, transitioning to a different job, what I would say is be present, sit in it. Don't be too quick to dart away from discomfort because there is some magic that can happen in just leaning into that a little bit. You, uh, you're speaking our language. We, uh, <laughs> you, well, you, you may or may not have listened to the, the podcast before, but we tend to rail against the concept of like new year, new you, like that right. whole thing. We, we really want people to take the time to just like learn about themselves. Like you're, you're all there. <laughs> you're, you're there. You just have to figure it out. And, and we've talked a lot about, um, like the good kind of discomfort versus the bad kind of discomfort. And, and it, you know, it's one thing, one of the reasons that I've always tried to like do something new uh, every month is so that I can practice in that like healthy kind of discomfort is just mm -hmm. like, you know, it's not, it's not that deep feeling discomfort, but it's like a practice, right? Mm -hmm. Like you just do something new is giving you kind of that practice feeling of like, yeah. Um, and I've, I've had that experience that you're talking about where you've, you've gone deep, right. And you've sat in it for a while and then you need to take the time off. And then mm -hmm. after a while you're thinking, well, am I just doing nothing? And, and I've fortunately had people to be like, yeah, but you did a lot of work. Like take some time to do nothing for a little, like, and it's amazing how you might just be thinking I'm relaxing and listening to rap music, but you're internally, it you're still doing the work. Like it's still processing transformation still kind of happening inside, but you're just not consciously transforming. It's yeah. a whole, it's yeah. a whole, that, that plateau is really important. And the feeling afterwards, it feels really, really good to know that you've peeled this layer of who you are and the way, I mean, it's what it boils down. It's self-love and self-love that is thrown out around so often. Mm. But when you're, let's just say this, for example, and you know, I've been married uh, 15 years in a couple of months, right? Well, when you're first dating someone or when you first, you know, you do a deep, we all do it. You do a deep dive, right? <laughs> you're like, oh, what do they like? Or even when you start, you know, you're asking them all these questions and trying to figure out what they like, who they are, when it's their birthday, you're trying to get the perfect gift and do all these things. And so it's important to do that for yourself to peel the layers that, especially at this age, there's stuff down there that's been buried by like <laughs> pumpkin pie. <Yeah>. <laughs> there's an avalanche yeah. of crap yeah. on top of it. Just yeah. From like when you were like 13. Yeah. You know, you kind of got to, Hit the shovel. Yeah. You gotta dig and it out. So, <laughs> to dig it out. And you know, but it's what my so I worked with a nutritionist a couple of years ago. It was yeah, 2020 with pandemic. Um and but I love her approach to nutrition because she goes really like deep. It's not about what you eat, it's about why are you eating it. And um, one thing she said, and I have it written on a sheet of paper and on a post-it on my mirror, 
um, like a version of it, but she talks a lot about worthiness. And if you follow me on, on, on Facebook, I talk a lot about worthiness. And so when you start framing things from worthiness, like I am worthy of, or you're worthy game changer, yep. game changer. And so when you talk about like that transitioning uh, or transformation or like looking deeper and in like you are worthy to know, to take the time, you're worthy of the time that it takes to know who you are. Like, I'm trying so hard not to curse. Is that the tip of my <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> it's, it's so hard. It's really hard. It's, we it's struggle. It's the, very it's, hard. It's a real challenge so, for like, us. You know, it's a podcast we understand. about faith. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I know I dropped an F bomb earlier. Sorry, Dad, but, <laughs> you know, but, um, yeah, and it's like you are worthy of taking that time to mm -hmm. figuring out who you are, what makes you tick. Like, you're so worthy. And so take the time, put in the effort, and sit in that discomfort that sometimes it requires to do that. Yeah. No. We, we absolutely agree. We're going to take one last little break. And when we come back, we are going to hit you with some quick response questions, and okay. we'll wrap it up. So we'll be right back. We launched our podcast with the goal of reaching other people who might be struggling or looking for something more out of life. We've been broadcasting for almost a year, and we are proud of where we are today. We have so much more to say and so many more people to reach, and we can't wait to keep growing and learning and talking with all of you. We need your help to keep going. Every episode takes time and money to create and we would love your support. If you like what we are doing, please support us by joining our Patreon community and becoming a monthly subscriber. Join our Patreon community today at patreon.com slash we go boldly. Now back to the show. Okay. So we're back and we are almost out of time. But before we go, before we before we let you go, uh, we're going to do some quick rapid response questions. And these are just meant to be um, fun questions to ask you just to get to know you a little bit better. Um, so if you just answer with like the first thing that comes to you, just a sentence, whatever comes to mind uh, and I'm going to try not to ask follow-up questions. I no follow-up questions. I'm not allowed to ask follow-up follow questions. questions. You have to because I have so many follow-up questions right now for Boon Me for this whole interview. I know. It's, I'm we holding can have, like, them in. Multiple series at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. But as a bunch of lawyers who love words, it's this is a real challenge. It's it's hard stuff here. I love words. I know. I, I know. We yeah. all love words. It's a challenge. We love words. We love talking. It's, you know, what are we going to do? All right. So I have five questions for you. I'm going to ask them. I am not going to follow up questions. I can do this. Here we go. I've got my list. All right. Number one, what is on your nightstand right now? Ooh, what is on my night? The big leap is on my nightstand. Um, Jesus is calling my devotional. Uh, <laughs> are you trying not to answer follow-up questions? I am trying so hard. Uh, so the big leap, um, Jesus is calling, uh, Jesus calling 
Jesus Calling is my, I love that devotional so much. Um, what else is on my nightstand? Uh, oh, oh, uh, lip balm and um, hand cream and a couple of books on my to be read file, uh, to, to be read back that I can't think of their names right now because they've been there so long, they're gathering dust, not be read. All right, number two, who is at the top of your playlist right now? Ooh, who is at the top of my playlist? Oh my gosh. Um, 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 Adele, yes. But she, she's at the top of my playlist because she just has an album out. But you know, I'm, I'm stumped. I'm like, eh. <laughs> and I'm not allowed to ask follow up. And so. I live, I, yeah, I, I, I listen to music a lot. I love music. So to, to pick, that's really hard. But I would say Adele is probably the one I've been listening to the most. Okay. All right. Number three, how do you relax? How do I relax? Oh. Well, it's really, really cold right now. Normally I would go for a hike, which is not relaxing, but <laughs> for me it is, I love being outdoors. Um, but since it's cold now, I would say yoga, a good book, a glass of wine. Yeah. Okay. Number four, your favorite place to vacation. <gasps> oh, I would say South Africa. Cape Town, South Africa. I have been only once, but I can't wait to go back with the kids. We, you know, we went, just my husband and I, but hopefully COVID does not prevent us. We will go soon. And number five, we kind of already asked you this, but we'll ask you again. What does a limitless life look for li- limitless life look like for you? That's a tongue twister, Tova. <laughs> A limitless life looks like me being free, free to do the things that bring me joy. Uh, financial freedom is definitely a part of a uh, limitless life for me and free to just travel and learn about other cultures. I, I am very, I am very curious and I lo- like, I have such a strong yearning for, for yearning for learning. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> See, we love words around it. here. We love I it. I love it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just free to just free to do the things that bring me joy. Awesome. That, that is amazing. Awesome. Um, and if people want to find out more about the Atlas Book Club, where can they go to do that? Can you send them somewhere? Yes. They can go to www.atlasbookclub.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do a lot of speaking engagements and consultation. So you can find information for that atlasbookclub.com slash work with me if you want to work with me. Excellent. Thank you so much. This was such a joy, such a pleasure hey. to have you on the show. I really, I personally appreciate it. I think Tova, can I? Yes, I, Yes. <laughs> Tova, I'm going to jump right in and say that it was so much fun having you. I've been looking forward to this I as long as I could look forward to something. Um, I've been so excited. <laughs> yeah. So we are so excited that you joined us. And um, I, I definitely do want to encourage people to 
check out Atlas Book Club. There is, I'm just going to put an extra plug. Um, there is like no excuse to go, well, I want to diversify my library and I don't know how because mm. this is really easy. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it goes it goes beyond just getting a book. It's a whole experience um, in this this box. It's a it's like a vacation that we can't take because cool. there's a global pandemic. <laughs> yeah. And we've explored 27 countries since we launched. And this are we still in January? Uh, we're actually boxes just went out. We explored the Philippines and China. But yeah, it's a good way to. Uh, get your kids exposed to global culture. So cool. So cool. Well, thank you again for being on the show. We loved having you. We will be back next week with more on faith and transformation. So stay tuned. We will see you back here. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, you can find us uh, on all the social media at Go Boldly Together. Feel free to reach out with any questions, any ideas, any thoughts. We love talking to you guys. And uh, thanks for listening. We will see you or talk to you next week. Thank you for having me. Bye. 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 Thanks so much for listening to We Go Boldly podcast. We're honored you took the time out of your busy day to listen and grow with us as we strive to build an intentional life filled with purpose, meaning, and courage. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you let us know. Head to Apple Podcasts today to rate and review our show. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to We Go Boldly Podcast so you get notified when our next episode is live. How are you creating a purposeful life? What is holding you back? Let us know over on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us at Go Boldly Together. For more information on the show and how we can work together to create your best and boldest future, visit we go boldly the podcast.com today. Stay tuned each week and join us in creating a bold society of limitless women.